We're good. We're on. You learned how to recognize the numbers. I know. This is the first time. I was I was warned for people wondering. Apparently, our mics come live when they do that 10-second countdown. Um, and every time they tell me not to talk, I talk. So I feel like this is progress. This is a step forward. I'm a podcasting professional. Um, I mean, talking too much in this line of work is kind of a plus. That is fair enough. Um <laughs> So just a game podcast. Am I doing the intro? Are you doing the yeah, intro? Yeah, you're what are the we intro. Doing? I'm uh, the co-host. You're you're steering the uh, ship, man. Am I okay? Well, uh, guys, welcome, sports fans. Um, it is the Just a Game podcast, hosted by Rob Kerr. I am not Rob Kerr. I am Danny Austin. Um, and to my left, although I don't know if that's to my left, is uh, Rob Kerr Cam with Kaki. better hair and a worse attitude. Exactly. Um, how are you doing today? It is Monday, July, June nineteenth. We're here in our Martelup studios. We're um, the Oodle Noodle studio. Yeah, we've all, the lemongrass. We've already got our guests here. We're in the Oodle Noodle studio. Um, excited to get going here. Cami, how you been? Driving. Uh, you know, yesterday we had a big Father's Day matinee over at Winsport. Calgary Surge uh, dishing the uh, formerly first place Winnipeg Sea Bears. A lost 97-81 win in target time. And uh, we have two stars of the of the team in the studio with us here today. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. We're going to like... I think we should just dive right in. Dive right in. Let's do it. Let's hit it. Um, are we ready for that? Yes. Awesome. Yes, we got the guys here. We have right. Rugsy Miller-Moore, Simi Shitu. Thanks for coming nice. in, guys. How you doing? I'm I'm doing well. I mean, a little banged up, but I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, same as Rugsy, you know, a little sore, but you know, I'm ready for this road trip. Yeah, you guys had like a quick three-game homestand, and those are really physical games. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, both of us, we play a lot of minutes, so... It's definitely, we're definitely going to feel it, but it's a part of the game. It is what it is. We just get treatment and get ready for the next, you know, couple games. So I got to tell you, Danny just came to his first game. Was it the Ottawa? Wednesday game against Vancouver. Against so. Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I don't think that was little. the greatest game to come to. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely physical, though. Yeah, it was definitely, yeah. yeah. The football game. Yeah, I don't know if that was a basketball game. It was wild. <laughs> it's funny, uh, and I'm not going to get you guys to say anything, but they're number 13. Like the first play of the game, my friend Alex, who doesn't even watch basketball, yeah. she was just like, I hate that guy. <laughs> At the end of the game, we were all like, I don't know if people boo or what, but yeah, yeah. It, was, uh, it was so fun, though. It was a good time. Nah, definitely. But yeah. earlier that day, he told me that he was not a believer in target time. Okay. I hadn't he seen didn't it. Like right? it. Like, I'd never seen it. I mm -hmm. grew up, I mean, not yeah, I grew yeah. up playing ball the way you guys did, but like, I, uh -huh. you know, I played high school. I was the captain of my team, and I'd never seen it. So I was like, what do you think about it? I, yeah. And then I actually saw it and I was like, oh, no, this is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, this is my first time too experiencing it. So they didn't well, have it in the G League? No. Oh. I think in overtime they have in the G League, but uh, regular though, it's just, you know. Nah, I love it. I think the G League, yeah. they tried it for like the uh, All Star game. Mm. It was like yeah. just a little try and see. That. Yeah. A little trial and error. But like, no joke, like it, like unequivocally, like it works. Yeah. Like, it was, I like, mean, I like it. Yeah. It's just, and it gives the other team a chance to, you know. Going to run. Come back, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the crowd was into it. Like, it was, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I really enjoyed it. Keeps so. everyone engaged, for sure. Yeah, yeah like, uh, I think we said last time, your guys' first weekend, you set a, a league record for the biggest comeback <laughs> in target time with yeah. 16 points. Yeah, yeah that's why, I, honestly, that's why I love it. That's a part of it, because the clock's off. You just, you just put those dogs out there and just start competing. So, I love it. Cool. So like a big part of like you guys coming to Calgary is we really want like fans to get a chance to know you because the fan support has been pretty great so far. So for you guys, how did you first get involved with basketball? Um, so when I was younger, um, I'm just kind of put me in and just to be active. Um, but um, 
I guess my brother, older brother, and then his friends and some of my friends all played the, uh, basketball at the YMCA close to my house. So I uh, kind of found a love for it there and just grew from there. So played AAU. Uh, I knew Ruggsy from before, too. We played in the same AAU program for a little bit, too. So uh, it was good you know, to know he was coming here, too. No way. How old were you guys when you first met? Uh, seven. Yeah, probably the seventh grade, eighth seventh, grade. Seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. Do you guys keep in touch or was it just kind of like uh, a surprise ending up on this team together? Oh, he's he's like one year younger than me. So we're we're always in touch, like, you know, on Instagram and stuff, but not really like day to day. Yeah, we got a lot of like mutuals. Like we kind of yeah. play with the same people in the same area. So uh, we got to know each other from that, too. So Cause you played high school in the States, right? Uh, majority. Yeah. Yeah. Were you in the States? I went to the States for two years or a year and a half. Yeah. So yeah. I was in Canada up until my 11th grade year and then. I went to the States for a little bit and then came back. How so. big is that leap from a Canadian high school to American? Yeah, it's definitely a big difference, uh, especially just, you know, guys on your team are also Division One players, also pros. So every practice is a dogfight. You got to compete. Um, and then obviously tournaments, you're playing national schedule. So you're playing the best people in the country as well. So, uh, you know, every day you got to kind of got to bring it. So did you know Bruce Brown? Uh, yeah, I know Bruce. Uh, he was at Vermont. <laughs> I got asked. Day. Sorry, I obviously looked you up. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was at Vermont. So he was at right. Vermont the year before I got there. Yeah. But uh, we just stayed in touch. And uh, yeah, most of the guys that were on the team before I was there were on his team. So we kind of all just started staying in touch. And obviously over Instagram and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, he's definitely one of the best players to come out of Vermont Academy too. So it was just kind of a, you know, we had the same coach as well. So we kind of just connected from that as well. Mm. Simi, you were like a five-star recruit coming out of high school, going into <laughs> Vanderbilt, but you had the ACL injury yeah. your senior year of high school. What yeah. was that adjustment like? I about that. Um, yeah, it was it was an adjustment just because I had to rehab, you know, nine months uh, to get my knee right. Um, but, you know, they did a really good job of, you know, sitting on top of things, the doctors and uh, just the treatment they're giving me and everything like that and just got me ready for the full season I was, you know, but through God's grace, I was able to play the whole season, all 32 games. So, uh, you know, it was definitely something that helped me grow as a person as well and uh, as a basketball player. And what went into the decision to declare after one year of university? Yeah, so, um, you know, I thought I was ready. Um, I was hearing pretty good feedback. And then uh, obviously we didn't have the season that, you know, uh, we wanted, but, you know, I was also young too, so. And I just went into it and I went to the combine. I was able to, you know, perform there and then just, um, you know, just kind of take it from there. Obviously, things didn't go as planned, but I'm on, you know, I ended up getting on the right path. Um, but, yeah, it was my decision I knew was, you know, best for me, I think, in my, my development and stuff like that. And so I just, you know, wanted to go dive into it and then, you know, didn't want to, you know, be 50-50 about anything, so. Yeah, when the draft comes and goes and you don't hear your name called, how did you kind of like recalibrate and assess how you were going to <clears throat> achieve your dream at that point? Um, you know, I had a good support group around me. Uh, I had, you know, family, friends, also my faith in God just, you know, really grew from that and just made me realize how, you know, certain things happen for a reason. And, uh, you know, obviously being that young, I had so much time left to kind of figure things out and, uh, you know, get myself on the right path, so. I think that was a record year for Canadians taken at the draft, wasn't it? Like, yeah. did you guys cross paths with uh, any of those guys? Yeah, I grew up with most of them. Um, 
Rugsy too. We all kind of grew up together in Ontario. What, what, what draft class was that? Oh, okay. There were like six, six Canadians. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You guys all yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Brampton, Mississauga. Like yeah. 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 yeah we, Feels like, like everyone's from Brampton. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not lie, like, nah, definitely. On the, on the hoop scene, I, yeah. I would say like that Peel region. Got well, some but guys it's like out of football there. too. Like a lot of the guys who are going in are yeah, yeah. from that area. And there's a guy yeah. out here that plays for the Stampeders. He's yeah. from Brampton as oh, well. Yeah. So that's yeah. sort of like I my main yeah. job has been covering the Stampeders. So oh, that's okay. how I got to know it. But then like there were just Brampton guys who like actually yeah. look at what's happening. And oh, we got I don't know why. Like, do you guys know why there's that some is? talent out there? That's it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, the truth is like a majority of us like we moved from Toronto into Brampton and then yeah. you know, we all moved from Toronto when we were younger into Brampton. So I mean Technically from Toronto, but you know, I mean, playing Brampton for sure. It's all, it's all <laughs> the whole Toronto thing, like I'm from, like I grew up in downtown Toronto, and like mm. the whole like when you get out here and people are like, "Oh, you're you're not from Toronto," like it's so stupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're I heard that the there's some city, there's some people out here that you know try to claim the Toronto, the whole Toronto know, thing. But whatever, so I'm not okay. gonna swear, but like, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the Brampton thing, like I honestly find it fat. Like it's one of those things where someone should do a big story on it because yeah. over the last like five, six, seven years, like the talent mm-hmm. and not just like, it's not just hockey, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we used to 15 years ago, that's all the professional athletes we mm-hmm. had, but now basketball, soccer, football, it's all mm-hmm. from yeah. there. It's interesting. It's going to be a bit of a homecoming for you guys with your uh, next away game. How 100%. many like family friends do you have coming? I'm not going to lie. I told them I need about 50 tickets, like yeah. 50. <laughs> I, I told them 50. about like 20, 25. Because they, they, they give us two tickets on the road. But nah, not this time. I need at least <laughs> at least thirty. We're gonna have a whole so, section. Yeah, whole section. Hopefully, though, it's honestly gonna. I feel like it's gonna be a home game yeah, for us. Like, I think. Too. I don't think they get. No, no disrespect or anything, but I don't think they get a lot of fans. So, you know, us coming back, I think we're gonna bring in, you know, a lot of fans, a lot of family and friends, and definitely gonna be a competitive one. I know they're not gonna, you know, just sit down and hand it to us. So. Yep. No, well, you guys don't really do that either, so no, it all works nah, out, right? We definitely don't do that. <laughs> We're going to compete for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, like going back to your journeys, like, Ragsy, you had a very different journey up. Like, you started at Moberly Community College, and mm-hmm. you just kind of become, like, the dunk king. Like, you kind of <laughs> take me through your journey up there. Yeah, I mean, started at Moberly. Uh, coming out of high school, it was obviously discouraging. Just, you know, you don't really hear about people making it out of JUCO. But I did it, and I'm glad I did. Um, I ended up going to Oregon State for a year. Things didn't really work out there. And then I transferred. Actually, fun fact, me and Simi actually played for the same coach. So yep. his coach at Vanderbilt was my coach at Grand Canyon yeah. University. So yeah, so we connected yeah. through that too, obviously. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I just kind of um, went to Grand Canyon. I had a decent, a good year, I'll say, a decent year. Kind of played a role there. Um, kept working on my game. Obviously, I was known for dunking. That's just kind of my thing. Um, but just kept working and, you know, I'm enjoying the process because every time, every year it's like, I'm getting better. So, you know, my role kind of expands on whatever team I'm on and I'm just excited, like to move forward. And by the end of your time there, like you were really in a major leadership role there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I feel like I'm kind of a natural leader, just like my, 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 um, my charisma, just who I am. Uh, I think I just lead naturally and you know just give thanks to my teammates for trusting me in 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 that like section or that kind of category what was it like having Dwayne Wade rank your dunks um (laughs) there's a 10 in there (laughs) uh definitely I I mean 
I was a D, I'm, I'm a D Wade fan. I obviously I'm more of like a LeBron fan, but definitely a good feeling seeing that he's record. Like I like you said, I came from junior college. Like I'm all the way from Canada. It's just it's a crazy feeling seeing that he recognized me from just social media. Uh, I mean, people are in the comments are like, "That was not an eight. That was not a nine. Like you know, <laughs> like it's crazy because. I'm like, yo, I'll take it. Like any any kind of recognition from, you know, a Hall of Famer in the NBA is kind of cool. So definitely was excited about that. I don't feel like you have to choose between LeBron and Dwayne Wade, do you? Like, no, nah, nah. they, they give you a package deal. It's not like <laughs> Steph and LeBron. No, nah, I'm just saying that because like I didn't really grow up watching D Wade like yeah, that. So, so I mean, it's a good feeling that he was rating my dunks, but you know, it's just yeah. It feels it feels LeBron. It's a different, you know, different feeling for sure. For sure. <laughs> Who's the best dunk contest dunker of all time? Zach Levine for me. Yeah, definitely Zach. Yeah, and he's a one foot jumper, and I jump off one foot too. So okay, yeah, definitely I was, Zach. I was sixteen when Vince did his, like as a Toronto mm-hmm. guy. So like that'll always be my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like it's hard to argue. With it's LeBron. changed yeah. a lot though, dunk contests from then. So I think there's more yeah. style now. A lot more style. Yeah. I feel like guys work on it more too. Yeah. Now. I mean, the game's just evolve, evolving. So, yeah. like, even Simi at six ten dribbling down the court, Euro stepping, like, even that, like, back in the year, yeah, like, yeah. big man didn't do that. So, yeah. like, the yeah. game's just evolving. So, like, there's more flair to everything and everything we do. I think. Yeah. yeah so it takes Simi like three strides to get down the whole court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Were you, you were with Guelph a little bit last year? Right? Yes. Did you play against Jekyll? Yeah, I did. My first game, actually. <laughs> yeah, my crazy. first. My first three-pointer was against him, actually. He was closing out. That's hilarious. Yeah, so I always remember that game. What was that sure. like? Yeah. Uh, you got, like, one of the biggest rappers. In the yeah. World, just like, I, yeah. And it was kind of the same thing applies. Like, I didn't really listen to J. Cole like that. But obviously, he was easy. Like, I know him. Music. Yeah. I'm a fan of his. But I don't know. It's a weird feeling. Like, because he's so humble. Like, he knew his whole team by first name. Really? Like, even just, like, seeing that. Like he's he's cheering for his team. He's, he's really trying to like it. play, like which is like you know crazy to me. I was like, wow, yeah, he this didn't guy's make it about him. I <laughs> like it just looked like he was just yeah, like he player. didn't make it about him. He was really trying to play. Like I can tell, he really loves basketball. So yeah, like I'll definitely remember that game forever. Like my first couple of points was he's guarding me. So that's crazy. <laughs> have a couple of pictures with him too. And now so. he's like buying Charlotte. It's yeah, like uh huh. Yeah, her owner. So crazy. He's from there, right? Is he... I think so, right? He's yeah, North Carolina. Yeah. I think he's from North Carolina. So, I haven't listened to him in a minute, but like, yeah, he like left in the middle of the season to go on tour. Like, I was like, bro, this is crazy. <laughs> I like, mean, he would have made a lot of money on that tour. <laughs> yeah. Him for that, but... yeah, but I was like, yo, like, he's here, like, and he's just going on tour. Like, it's crazy. Like, this is actually DJ Cole. Yeah, and it looked like the crowd was crazy for it too. Oh, like, sold out. Yeah, sold out. They like he scored his first point, and the crowd went crazy. I was like, yo, is this an away game? Like, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Because they're like the Scarborough team that he was playing for, like they're partially OVO owned. Yeah, 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 they're partially owned by Nico, which is he's OVO affiliated. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So that's sick. They get whoever they want. Basically, the league. Like I was, I thought that was cool. You know, definitely. That wasn't like some celebrity coming in and making a mockery of it. It's like what you were saying is he actually won. Exactly. So it wasn't like even at first I was kind of skeptical about it. Like J Cole, like this is about to be a joke. Like, but he really like was trying to. Play like he was real basketball, so I was like, "Oh shoot, okay." Yeah, <laughs> I played in Africa too, so I think he was yeah. in the BAL. Oh yeah, he was too, right? So yeah, I saw yeah, that. He really plays. So. It's kind of because he's not like young, right? Like, nah. he's gotta be. He's over thirty. I think he's sure. like, maybe like thirty-four. 
yeah. maybe you know, maybe around know. there he's not like, like a super yeah i'm 39 and like there hits a point where like whatever dream you have like not like dream sure. of playing, but you're just like my body's not the same i mean he's know? he's, like, he's definitely he's made enough money so he's you know he's just kind of doing what he wants and yeah, obviously yeah. why wouldn't you want to see j cole play in your league or play on your team especially yeah, if he's yeah. pretty decent at the game so and it was good for the cbl just yeah. to bring attention to yeah. it as well so yeah, recognition for sure then we got these guys who aren't old enough to rent a car on their own. One more year. One more year. <laughs> two more years. I got two more years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll be at the end of this year. I'll be 25. So. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Rexy, at the end of that season, like you were one of the guys that didn't immediately say like, okay, I've got a contract to go to Europe. I got a contract to go in the G League. But how did you stay at the top of your game and be ready to come in with the surge and have an impact? Uh, It's just discipline. Like for me, it's staying disciplined there's going to be days where you don't want to work on your games like you know you don't have a, a job so it's it's kind of discouraging at times but it's just discipline staying true to yourself working on your game waking up every day and trying to exhaust everything you can do to get better um and my trainers like i have good like my trainers that are back home they're willing to you know and some of my friends too are willing to get in the gym with me and even just rebound and my trainers give me time slots on when to show up when to work out. So just shout out to them because they they kept me ready for sure. What kind of opportunity do you see here with the surge? Like looking for a springboard to, you know, get that contract? Um I'll say just just winning is is my first kind of priority because it's a new franchise. Um the GM used to coach me way back in the day. So I, I'm kind of trying to do things for him like in terms of you know just making us a winning program and making this team like legit like we're not just out here joking around but um at the same time you know there's also personal goals of course and um hopefully this what i'm doing and how i'm performing can you know kind of give me an opportunity later on in the year to you know different avenues maybe i have different kind of options so hopefully i can i can do that and that's really my goal so there's so many Ontario guys on the team, Danny. Like the GM said, like I could probably like if they act up, I could probably like call their family and say like tell them to smart enough. But that's like, <laughs> <laughs> but like that's the thing, right? Like it used to be like when I was growing up, like it was still kind of BC and Toronto were like mm -hmm. the two spots for yeah. maybe. But like Jamal McGuire was really the only Toronto guy who mm -hmm. was in it, and like that's why we need professional basketball so that it spreads. So it's not just those two regions. That's mostly Toronto now. Um, yeah. But that said, because you guys were mentioning like a lot of you guys know each other and. Mm -hmm. When you guys saw the team that they put together here in Calgary, were you guys like, okay, we should yeah. actually be good? Yeah. No, no, for sure. Like, uh, I was the first one to sign. Okay. And I was kind of like hitting Shane up, which is our GM. Like, yo, who are we signing? Like, I'm I'm just excited. Like, yo, I think we should get this person. We should, we should get this person. Like, we're kind of just throwing, you know, suggesting each other players, different players. Like, and, okay. and we can do that because we're kind of close. Like, you know, so, and then... He kind of obviously he put the team together and I kind of, you know, reached out to certain people I know, like, yo, are you trying to play? Like, what's up? Like, Including let's play. You? Of course. I definitely yeah. best to see me. I'm like, yo, like, let's do this. Like, I think we can do like the market's kind of open in terms of basketball in Calgary. Like, you know, a lot of people don't talk about Calgary, but it, the city surprised me. Like, it's, it's yeah, a nice city. It's and I'm like, yo, let's go over there. See me. Let's, let's try and mm -hmm. like make something happen. And, you know he's here, so. And you guys got to mostly skip winter too. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for nice. sure, exactly. Only so. here for a couple months. Yeah, so. yeah summer. Yeah, for me it was like um, 
And I was thinking about playing CBL, and then, you know, Calgary came up, and that's how the roster they put together. Certain guys are getting signed, and I was like, I, I want to feel comfortable, too, just with the guys they have, too. And I knew a lot of guys, Ruggsy, uh, Elijah, Lufa, mm-hmm. um, Steph Smith. So it was just, you know, it was easy for me to come here and know that I was going to, you know, be embraced in the right way. And, you know, everyone's kind of on the same page and wanting to win and uh, go as far as possible. So it was, it's exciting to be over here, and especially, like you said, like, Calgary surprised me a lot, you know, just in terms of the, the fans, the atmosphere, everything like that. Even the weather's good, so. <laughs> when BCLAs were here, it was... Uh... It's not always good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For now. Yeah, BCLAs were here in March, and uh, the teams from Puerto Rico and Nicaragua, like, mm-hmm. they got off the plane, and, like, first off is, like, they need better jackets. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they went immediately to go get mm-hmm. warm that, clothes. Yeah, they're, they're, we were talking about, because I played, obviously, in the BCLA. Yeah. We were, they were talking to me about it, and in the game, they're like, yo, it's, it's cold over here. Like, it's a different type of, yeah. you know, I'm like, yeah, it is what it is. Where'd you pick the number uh, zero, zero? Or why? <laughs> yo, if I'm going to be honest, like, I didn't even want that number. <laughs> like, I knew what size I wanted because last year my jersey was a medium and it was kind of loose. So I'm like, yo, I need a, a, another medium jersey. Like, I can't get a large jersey because large is too big. Like, mm. And he he gave me the numbers like he's like fives available double zero twenty two three Steph which is Steph Smith's number and he's like number one and I was gonna choose number one but he's like number one's a small like nah I can't do that so I wore zero already so I'm like all right I'll just guess I'll take number double zero and. You know, it's kind of like it's it's being trademarked now so you know the the, the people the so fans like it come in certain <laughs> sizes for real. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I try to pick like uh, when I played in high school, like any sport, I tried picking 13 and it was always like a large. And I mean, I swam in it. It was awful. <laughs> yeah, I need <laughs> I my jersey. I need my smaller. jersey to fit me, so I needed that medium. And yeah. double zero was a number. I mean, I'm not a. I wasn't. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I mean, it looks. It looks all right. I mean, I think so. it's a good luck number. It's a pretty famous one here in Calgary, actually. <laughs> Stan Peters. Don't put me on the spot. Okay. All right. All right. Well, no, it's good because I bought a prop for this. Okay. So zero zero, famously worn by Stamps legend okay. Ezra Sugarfoot Anderson. He's from Arkansas, but he came up here I in heard the fifties. Yeah, he was one of the first black players to come up and play in the CFL. Wow. Mm-hmm. But he was an actor before he was in Hollywood. I'm gonna lose the headphones and bring this over to you. But okay. like he was in enough movies. Like Marilyn Monroe came to McMahon Stadium to see him. Oh wow. Like there's the He's a guy. Not knowing yeah, that. He's, any a stand <laughs> he's a guy. Yeah, I heard Sugarfoot before. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Me getting that wrong, like any Stan Peters fan. Yeah. So he wore a double zero. I'm, I'm yeah, RFP mentioned. So, so, so I guess it is I guess it is a a good number. Yeah, I mean he's a Hall of Famer, so I mean, if it's a, yeah. <laughs> also, how is this road trip that you guys have Brampton, Niagara, and then Vancouver? Oh, it's it's lit, you know. That's all I'm thinking. <laughs> That's about, all we man. wanted. Like, you know, we get to go home and get to play. You know, a team that has got a number a few times, but yeah. you know, and we're at their spot too, which is even better. So, yeah, I um, mean, yeah, we're locked in. I like road trips. Okay, I like road trips. I like playing on the road because yeah. I like hearing. Sometimes I like hearing fans cheer against me. Like, yeah, I like you that. Know? Like, I'm, I'm not really a person to talk during the game, but I just, you know, I like. Letting my game speak, just doing things, and then they're just like, Yeah, it's just to shut people up, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's a good yeah. feeling. I definitely love that feeling when people are going crazy, and then you're just like, 
Is that the rival already, Vancouver? I don't wanna. I don't wanna. <laughs> you don't want to. I don't want to give them that, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. Like it is what it is. They got they beat us twice, so yeah. you know we'll see them. I should say, Danny. Like I don't think there's a lot they can say. There is a league investigation <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. investigation ongoing. <laughs> 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 yeah, gotta be a little politically correct on that one. Right? <laughs> Fair. I'm not gonna ask anymore. Nah, nah, you're good. Yeah. Like one thing that's also struck me about just being around the team. The shoes are amazing. Like, mm-hmm. see, you've had some rare Kobe's going, haven't you? Shout out my my guys. I've I've you know I've a, I've a friend that just you know kind of gives me some of his shoes, so you know I, I wear them and people are like, "Yo, where'd you get those?" <laughs> yeah. Like, what is like so, you know, the best shoes that you guys have? Like, what have you got? I probably my Kobe my Kobe's are probably my best in terms of basketball shoes. You talking about? Oh, either even like the the slides and stuff on the side of the court. I'm like, uh, oh I'll say God, like nice. <laughs> yeah, I'll say my Kobe's that I wear the, the black and pink ones. I don't think I've never seen anyone with those. So. I like my gold KDs. Yeah, I mean, those are probably my. Favorite. I got like I got the lows, like the okay. And, okay. Like, I'm pretty happy with okay, those, okay. but I've worn them in, so now I got. Nah, nah, that's good. Gotta, but the thing about the Jordan One lo- are like they look good when they're worn in. Yeah. Like they're not like the red doesn't kind of fade. Yeah. Like, nice. So like I always tell yeah I tell people yo wear their sho- wear your shoes man. Yeah. I was just when they just look on... crisp like it looks yeah. cool but like yo like wear your shoes. Bro. I feel like white shoes. Try to keep them crisp. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, since you said KD, you, do you like the Bradley Beal trade? Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna comment on it like that. It's just no, <laughs> <laughs> they definitely got a lot of scoring going on. Yeah, there's no <laughs> defense. I need a point guard. Yeah, I think you know defense. an elite point guard, but um, yeah, they figured it out and got what they wanted, I guess. So I don't even know how that's. Even I don't possible. know how that happened, but I'm yeah. Real tired. So crazy. we'll see what happens next year, though. We'll see what happens. I just think that defending is important sometimes. No, 100%. sometimes. Yeah. 100%. Nah, it's important, especially playoff time. You know, during the yeah. season, they don't really play defense like that. Kind of the time? top defending team in the CBL. I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> we, got, we got those dogs out there for sure. Coach preaches defense, so I got to stay on the floor and play some defense. No, nah, for sure. If you want to stay on the floor, make sure you play some defense. Yep. <laughs> and that's just the shooting you guys have, like – the shots are just there. They just don't seem to be like falling all the time. Mm-hmm. But like, how have you guys been? Uh, like the last game, like the three points were really coming along. Mm-hmm. Like, how have you guys kind of keyed in on that? I think just staying the course. Like, you know, like you can't control whether the shot goes in. You can control if you're prepared or not. That's pretty much all you can do. So just staying the course, trusting each other. Um, when you see the open man, just pass it and just staying confident and stepping up and shooting. I think that's a part of. What I need to do too is just staying confident, and just shooting. And our team does a good job of keeping each other like you know confident. Like we'll tell guys you know keep shooting, you mm-hmm. know stuff like that, just to make sure you know guys are so confident in their shot and just their game in general. So you know just kind of staying together, um, and just you know making sure everybody's in a good mental space too. Mm-hmm. They get on the floor, so. I hear you guys are just like a really close team already, but obviously Steph Smith is a guy you want in the lineup, but Mm -hmm. what's it like for you seeing guys like Amo Kalu come in and really start (laughs) to get the offense going? Uh, (laughs) Like I text Mo, I text, I actually sent Mo a text on the side, like, yo, just stay ready, bro. Like, and Mo does a great job staying ready. Like he's always shooting, always in the gym. Last one to leave. One of the last ones to leave. Like, he makes sure he, he gets his work. And so it's honestly no surprise seeing him step in and be an instant contributor because he stays ready. So, I mean, and a piece of it, I think because we're all young, we all hang around each other. So, you know, it's easy for us to tell each other, 
to do this and to do that. It's no like, you know, and no one's taking it to heart. It's just, you know, out of love and everyone, I think everyone has each other's best interests. So yeah, it was great for the team and great for Mo, especially just, you know, I was telling him too, like when I get subbed off sometimes, just stay ready, like your time's coming. Cause you know, he's a big body. We need him and he can shoot like really mm -hmm. well. So uh, just him staying ready really helped us. And then it obviously gave us a lot of energy in the past two games. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's gonna, you know, it gives us momentum going in this road trip too. And, you know, just again, we're a close group. And, you know, us, I think it's just us staying together and just continue to give each other confidence and mm -hmm. remind each other to stay ready regardless of the circumstances, just, you know, helps us even win more, so. For sure. I mean, young guys enjoying the city. You do have some downtime here. Like, what have you guys been uh, doing around Calgary? Yo, um, <laughs> <laughs> you honestly, ranchmans? <laughs> no, to be honest, we don't, we don't really do much. Yeah, we really, like, you know, we be to retire after practice. Yeah, like, so and then we don't it's do a quick turn on for games too so it's not like we have a like three four days to really you know relax yeah. so maybe sometimes we try to go to the mall yeah go to a couple, a couple of restaurants restaurants I'm, I'm into clothes obviously so a couple of vintage stores and stuff i try to hit and see what's, what's going on there but we don't do much really trying to still figuring it out um trying to get on some new some food spots so yeah any suggestions? Yeah. I mean, we are in the Oodle Noodle for? studio, so Anything. check them out. I'm, <laughs> I'm open to any type of food. Yeah. Oh, there's so many. There's also a, there's a vintage <laughs> store in Inglewood that I went to, and they had, like, a bizarre amount of Oregon duck stuff. Mm. I don't know why, but <laughs> there were, like, the tearaway pants, the windbreakers, wow. the old crewnecks. Like, it was okay. cool, but I'm like, why? Yeah, that's that's. Well, it's all it's like what like is there something you miss from toronto that you haven't found or at least toronto area because like for me it was caribbean food like i was about to say like food. i'm jamaican so definitely jamaican food but i tried it out here did you go simply irie right you know what's yeah, crazy that's, that's the only one i didn't try yet it's good it's, it's good. good and but i i heard it's only open on certain days right like tuesday to thursday some weird times like that so every time i search it up <laughs> every time i search it up it's not available for me to go i'm like yo it's good. It like yeah, it tastes like, like that's the only one. So, okay, you know, so I have to try that one. We'll sure. definitely get over there for sure. It's worth it's worth checking out. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys going to be around for Stampede? Yeah, yeah, we will be. Have you ever been to Stampede before? No, nah. I just heard a lot. It was crazy. All I heard was just bring your cowboy hat. That's all yeah. I heard. Yeah, that's all they told hats. me is bring your cowboy hat. I don't. Bring your cowboy hat. If you're going to wear boots, break them in ahead of time, and <laughs> do not tuck your pants into your boots. Wow, please. that's that is that yes. like. What's that? Like, that's not That's style? the number one way you can tell someone's from the city and not from a farm. Oh, okay. I grew up in the middle of nowhere. Like, okay. my hometown just got its third street light. There are more cows than people. Whoa. And that was like... Where is that? Creston, BC. We have a, we have a brewery. We have beautiful cherry orchards and a polygamous cult. And that's about it. Interesting. <laughs> that's We just got a McDonald's, though. So it's Stampeders. Like, I mean, Stampede, whatever it's called. Yeah, both. There's also is that, a is million. fun? Like, what is it? Yeah. What is it? Like a bunch of artists coming through or something? Yeah, lots of concerts. Like, some are free once you, like, get into the Stampede grounds. There's a lot of rodeo if you want to go check that out. And, uh, like, it's like a fair, too. There's, like, the Midway, all of the crazy food that they have. There was, mm -hmm. like, It's like the macaroni. Axe, like the axe yeah. with the big rodeo and then way more drinking. Okay. And then just, like, a lot <laughs> of, like, tents set up around the city. Oh, okay. Where, yeah, it's nuts and there's yeah. also a lot of pancake breakfast so i think uh, you guys should probably see who on the team can eat the most free pancakes i mean i love that's my favorite yeah, i think chip pancakes, for pancakes sure. over waffles any day french toast over all that 
It's amazing. I think you guys are going to be made for this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, I think, I, yo, I think we're off that week, yeah. actually. So. I heard it's like eight days or something like that. The same I think piece. so. How do I not know this? Well, no, I it's, uh, I, it's, I think it's 10 or 11 or maybe even 12. Um, good podcasting here. Have you guys it's ever heard of Carabana? Yeah, man. Is it like that? But like, really. but like, the, the, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's not just like Carabana, but like different, you know? Yeah. 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 On the other side of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. It's different. You guys come across a mechanical bull at Stampede. Will you ride it? I don't think Coach will let us know. <laughs> I know he's probably so proud after hearing, like, no, nah, we go to restaurants, we go to the mall. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds fun. <laughs> like, yeah, that sounds fun, but, standing. you know. Which also the funny that. thing, like, when you asked about, like, going out and stuff, it's like, you get to know enough athletes. And, mm. like, you guys live cool lives. You get to play yeah. sports and do all that. But, like, I'm always like, yo, dude, like, it's like James Harden's the only one at the club. You know oh, yeah. I mean? Like, sure. everyone else, like, you yeah, have to take care of your bodies too much. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, yeah. There's definitely a balance between having fun and, Taking care of business, especially in season too. Like, yeah, like yeah, you know, you in bounce. season it's yeah, you definitely it's a fine line. Like, yeah. can't be going crazy like that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we probably have like one or two more minutes. At Cami, anything else you want to kind of throw their way? Oh my gosh, I mean, so many things. Okay, go, you're go, like, what do you want to throw their way? It's like, uh, go, yeah. go, right here. <laughs> <Rapid> <laughs> fire. <laughs> Damn, what makes you think that the surge are going to win the championship this year? Um. <laughs> I think, you know, our camaraderie as a team uh, and then just how we you know, deal with adversity. Like, not like we're 9-0. and We've lost some games, too, but we've also been down going to Elam mm -hmm. a lot of times, too, and I figured it out and came together from then. So I think that gives us an edge. I feel like no one really plays like us in terms of how we play up and down and uh, defensively, like, you know, how intense we're on defense. And, um, again, that's how we come together in the fourth, really rather mm -hmm. than kind of spread apart and trying to do our own thing. So I think that's what's going to separate us. Obviously, we're a young team, but I don't think age matters that much in basketball if you have a, you know the right people. Facts. There's one. Uh, I took some notes. I actually am going to pull up Simi's Instagram because the first thing that's <laughs> pinned there, <laughs> I feel like he probably knows what it is already, oh. says Simi is ready for the NBA that's from G League TV. Oh, Oh yeah, yeah, and then it just uh, got all the stats there. I mean, is that still something that you think like could be within reach? Yeah, you know, this is always my dream, and I know you know I'm close. But at the end of the day, I'm just trying to focus on the task at hand right now. You know, I feel like you know, as like you said earlier, like if we win, everyone wins, and you know, mm -hmm. everyone can be in a better position next year. Um, and just obviously focus on getting better. That's really the main thing. So for sure, you guys got any projects, things going on on the side that you want to plug? Oh. Uh do I? Not right now. Do I? Any special shout outs on the team? Special shout out to my whole team. I can go down the line. <laughs> J5. You know can who I you throw are. throw one out at you guys? Just because you guys obviously know yeah. Canadian basketball. Like, we didn't make the Olympics last time, but like, realistically, if everyone's playing, like, we should be, we should be. Yeah. Nah. Silver. That sure. works, right? If everyone's playing, man, we might. Hot take. We might take them, take down the, you know, the USA. The with Jamal like, Murray doing what he did I'm with Shea you, this year. We like, got Shea. We got. We got. We got some guys. We got sure. some guys for sure. But I guess it depends on if they want to play or not. Like, yeah. I mean, I think I, I would love to see everyone just play. Like, yeah. Like you know, one time just play. Just like, play. Come together. Yeah. Like what? Well, Jamal Murray being hurt last year 
like for the Olympic qualification mm -hmm. definitely hurt us because we needed yeah. his shooting. But it feels like we need a big man still. I don't know. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm crazy about that. We don't. I mean, we who would be who is it like Brandon Clark's Canadian? Yeah. Um, Dwight Powell. Yeah. All right. I mean, solid. Um, who else? Uh, what's just, what's if they're uh, like from if, the Utah Jazz? We're playing or, like you know. If it's Jokic, like I mean, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, but that's when you beat him at guard. Like, yeah, Jokic could do all that, but our guards are like we have. There's yeah. Shade, there's Jamal, there's Nikhil. Like, great. You know, like our guards are, our yeah, guards are good. Talent. And Wiggins <laughs> elevated, so yeah. yeah, like we got Andrew too. Like yeah, I forget, yeah. like there's so many. A lot of talent. There's actually a lot yeah. of talent. Like yeah, so I don't think we're far off like that. No, I know people. I don't know. We just haven't done it yet, so I don't feel like exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. With, with the soccer guys, it's like now everyone has expectations, and I still feel like mm -hmm. the expectations aren't where they should be. Imagine they were so close, I think, two years ago. I know. Was it against I forget who it was? Mm. I forget, too. I, I know where but, I was. Yeah, I no, they lost yeah. by like a game winner or by two, mm -hmm. but you know, we're getting there. Especially no. like on the women's side too, like there's a lot of talent, like especially in Alberta too. Like they're getting there, especially like the three on three. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know Dion's sister played out here. Yeah, she's incredible. Uh yeah. Dion Edgem's sister, Yvonne, she uh played her high school here. She was out at Edge and she was at a uh, Gonzaga this season and she was like MVP front runner for so much of that year. Like amazing. and she was at the game it. too, one of the yeah. games. Yeah, I heard That's she awesome. got it. I heard what Jumbo Charm. Yeah, I heard yeah. that. I heard the Edgem last name. I said. <laughs> We're talking about Dion before the game. Like, what's going on? How does the three on three work? Like, like for the know. national team and stuff? Is it like a tournament? It looks like a know? lot of running. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no you idea. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. It's, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 not completely interested, but if the opportunity obviously presents itself, I'll definitely like. Not into running. You said you like a track yeah. meet type game. No, nah, no, nah. <laughs> I'm into running. Yeah. <laughs> I love running too, but the three on three, <laughs> three, on three just look it like it is a fast lot. though because yeah. as soon as you score, like they get it out the, yeah, the you net, like you don't check up or nothing. It's yeah, just, it's just yeah, it's, it is. It's just one of those things where like I legitimately don't know. It's like, are they recruiting like a year before? No, they recruit. Like I know a couple of my friends play in the USA three on three teams, so like they, you know, recruit throughout the year. Okay, you know, bring a certain group of guys like a little training camp, and they pick from there. Really, it's kind of the same process. Interesting. Actually, there was a guy invited to surge camp. Uh, I don't know if I ever heard his name, but there was a player invited to camp who ended up not coming because he got an invite from Team USA on, oh, the, yeah. on the three. Tyler Edwards. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, him. Go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, yeah. You yeah. did. He was like, <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't like, really yeah, have any him. information. Yeah, I, know, I, I know he's heard, over there. Yeah. I just heard, like, you know, he made the team. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. I mean, yeah. just knowing, like, everyone is so. <laughs> Like playing at such a high level, do you feel like there's a misconception among people who haven't been to a CEBL game about how great the play is? Yes, for sure. Like, league's definitely underrated, but I think a lot of people are noticing now. Like, yeah, this is the this is the league you want to be in during the summer. Like, especially not... just like you know, the talent's growing too each mm -hmm. year. Um, you know, certain teams are doing well, so bringing more attention. It's competitive. That's the most important yeah. thing. It's like there's a lot of leagues. I'm not even. I'm not gonna list any, but there's a lot of leagues that aren't competitive. Yeah. Like this league is competitive. Like yeah. any team, like you guys. Yeah, we're the number one team, but a lot of teams can win. Like just yeah. because they're competing. Like there's a lot of leagues where people just yeah, I'm getting like, paid can't, X amount. You can't so really come out. You can't really come out flat. You know, yeah. certain teams are gonna take advantage of that. But I feel like other leagues too. Like it's, again, it's like. 
individual player is mm-hmm. pay you to come and just get yeah, buckets like, and leave. Like yeah. so that's why I like this league and I like our team because we're young. So everyone's we're playing with an edge. Like we're yeah. trying to like you said, we're trying to get to somewhere. So yeah, we're competing every night. Like yeah. so like you know, there may be some teams that may not compete like us just because they kind of already are settled or maybe towards the end of their career or whatever. Like we're all fresh, like we're ready to go. So <laughs> and then you see guys who are like, I mean, it's like there's also new opportunities for guys like Jordan Baker who get to kind of the end of their playing career. And it's like, all right, now I'm going to be able to coach at U of A. I'm going to be able to coach at yeah, Maiden. And summer I'll be able to coach Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was tough. I'm not going to lie. That's surprising. And I guess they're doing they're doing pretty well now. So, oh, yeah, they you know, good for him. Yeah, good for him. Like, yeah. I was like, it's weird kind of seeing him on the side because I just played him last year. So, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I played yeah. I played against him last year and seeing him coach, I'm like, yo, like. You know, he's obviously not in my age range, but yeah, just like straight up one of the best university basketball players ever to come out of Alberta. Yeah, I know. I hear it. People people love that guy. So he can (laughs) rent a car. (laughs) 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 Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um you guys you guys have given us 45 minutes. So I think we should probably let you guys go. But really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you guys having us. Thank you so much for coming in. Good luck on the road trip. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry that I put the Sylvester Sloan thing right in the past. Nah, you're good. <laughs> you're good. It's, I like the setup. Nice. Oh, good. We'll have you back in. Yeah. Sure. Honestly, really Let appreciate it. Guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Cheers. All right. All right. Awesome. Uh, Rugsy Miller Moore, Samishi 2, brought to you by a Ski Cellar Snowboard here in the Oodle Noodle studio. I'm saving you on it. You don't have to do it today, Danny. I've got them. Do you have the, like, do you have the whole readout? No. Do you want me to do part of the readout? I just go to these places. Well, okay. I mean, I can just quickly say that Ski Cellar Snowboard opened their doors in Calgary back in 1946. That means they've been here for 76 years in Calgary uh, for the summer. Please visit them at the McLeod Trail location by Chinook Center. And of course, they're expert when it comes to skis and snowboards, but they're so much more. So ask them about snow skating, check out their clothing and warm weather gear too. So thank you to them. And I know you can't see it on the stream here, but uh, Danny put yes, Pinder's uh, Stallone yeah. cutout like yeah. right in the path to get out. And the guys just made a very graceful exit. They did. <laughs> And those are big men trying to get around a relatively large poster. So yeah. um, it's not a poster, a, a cutout. cutout. But, it looks um, like it was stolen from a 7-Eleven. Yeah, yeah, but that that was honestly truly awesome. That was really cool mm-hmm. to talk to those guys. Um, and as like I said, like, you know, I've always been excited and supportive of the surge, but I hadn't managed to make it out until last Wednesday. Um, and I had a really, really great time. It's unreal. There were actually more people there yesterday, like, the home opener was a sellout. This game was a sellout. But, you know, sometimes like weather permitting, things come up. People can't always like use their tickets. But like there were more people there last night than there were for the home opener. And it was so much fun. Like and you can see the players, too, are just super interactive with the fans. Like during warm ups and shoot around, like they'll come off the court and give kids high fives. They say the Father's Day matinee, Admon Gilder had his uh, daughter they like reunited for this. I just can't be up here during the season. So she's sitting right underneath the basket and he just nails like nail in the coffin shot. We know Calgary's going to win and he's able to just go right up to her and give her a hug and then like, you know, head back down the court the other way. It was just, it's been unbelievable stuff and the players have just very different journeys to how they got there. And it's just interesting to learn about. Yeah, uh, completely. Um, there's also churros, which, um, yeah, I did not eat well while I was there, I, but um, but I ate a lot, and it was uh, yeah, it was really fun. Obviously, Rob Kerr, um, the actual host of the show, um, was was there, greeted me. Um, I did not get to say hi to you. Um, Busy, but yeah, Running. but but it's great. And I don't know, like I think back to you know 
what, 12 years ago when I moved here to Calgary and, you know, we had really limited sports options. And obviously uh, my main job is to cover the Stampeders and the Flames, but it's pretty amazing to between Cavalry, between Surge. Um, we're going to obviously have a women's professional soccer team here pretty quick. It's, it's cool to see the sporting landscape expand um, and include more people and include more sports. And yeah, it's been really encouraging. It's been really fun this year. Mentioned uh, Project Aid as well. Uh, Hillary Knight has been talking about the PWHPA. She said it feels like they're getting really close to something. And you have to think domestic women's pro hockey league, national teams base here. You got to think Calgary would be getting a franchise at that point to uh, replace the Inferno, who were super successful on the ice when they were around here. Yeah, unless the idea was purely to keep it sort of in Ontario and Quebec yeah. for population reasons. Like travel mm -hmm. is obviously always the the major sort of expense here that doesn't exist as much out east. But um, yeah, it would make absolutely no sense to not have a Calgary team. Um, so yeah. yeah. Without um, giving away too much, because now you got uh, your show to do. Uh, what was up at Stamps this morning? So the Stamps did a walkthrough um, this morning. So there was literally absolutely nothing to learn. Um, I think that I was in and out in eight minutes. Um, but we did an interview with Dave Dickinson, just talked to him about like they're coming off a win against the Ottawa Red Blacks very hard to know what our win against the Red Blacks means it is they didn't look great against the Lions then the Lions proceeded to shut out the Edmonton Elks 22 nothing so it's like are the Lions actually that good or are the Elks that bad or where do the stamps rank and then they go and they beat Ottawa who most of us don't have ranked very highly until they get Jeremiah. So it's very hard to know where these Stampeders are at right now. And I think we're going to get a much better idea this weekend when they host the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I'm hearing um, that, that the Stamps are expecting a fairly sizable crowd, which is exciting because there's way too much attention paid to a small crowd on a Thursday night for the home opener. But I did my story, which you watched. I turned it around in record time. It's true. It's, yeah. We're not going to say <laughs> no, how got much it, time. You got it done in like 18 minutes. No, let's, um, <laughs> I did. But, uh, so if you're reading that yeah. on the post media today, no. you know exactly how much time and care we was poured into it. We're going to move on quickly. Just kidding. Um, I know, he no. works fast. No, Danny loves his job so much. And I don't know anyone who loves the Canadian I, Football League as much as me. I know. And I'm, I'm joking. No, it's totally fine. I just joke around about it. It was it was just literally, I did a story on Dedrick Mills, who mm -hmm. stepped in for Kenny Carrot running back and, and played really, really well, as he always does when he steps in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we sort of have, I don't know, there's the seasons rounding into form, as, mm -hmm. as, as you sort of know for me, because I also do the Flames, it's been a little bit stop-start mm -hmm. with the Stamps for me in terms of my coverage. So, hoping to see a decent run here, um, you know, like hoping Elias Lindholm doesn't get traded this afternoon. Um, It'll happen the next <laughs> time we go for a hike. <laughs> 100%. So, yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's <laughs> that was hilarious as we were driving. There was lots of it. That drive home that weren't hilarious, that was not hilarious. Cammy and I were very nearly in a really horrible car accident. We're not going to say anything more. It wasn't our fault, though. We I just wanted driving. to be clear. I was um, we were not driving. Um, but beyond that, it was wild because we were out. We were out in Kananaskis on, on Thursday. And um, we did not have reception. So we came out of reception to find quickly a bunch of sports reporters sitting in a car, realizing that the Flames had hired Jerome again. None of us had been able to do our, our any of the work that we were supposed to do so but that has been an interesting one that one I, I feel a little bit has has come and gone but it's a it's a really big deal that that again was back and i think that it, it was universally received well and then we just sort of moved on but yeah it was i don't know it's gotta well, be it feels like there's a lot of sunshine for the flames right now it does and then there are a lot of very big decisions that we have discussed on this podcast if anything so if times. anything this will soften any blow that comes over the summer yes 
and I, I do think that what the draft is next week in Nashville, mm-hmm. right? So I think that a lot of us are expecting a fair bit of movement uh, one way or the other mm-hmm. uh, regarding the flames. And I truthfully don't know what it's necessarily going to look like, but I, I do think that you want an answer from Lindholm about at least whether he's mm-hmm. willing to consider signing here. And you want that pretty quickly. Well, 10 days and from that, now, we will know what the direction is for the flames come next season. Yeah. That's actually a good way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we it's. I feel like we've been talking about it basically since early April, uh, and whether it's obviously that translated in a GM search and then a head coaching search, but the, always in the back has been what are you going to do with these free mm-hmm. agents? We're now sort of at the point where we're finally going to find out. It's I guess it's sort of exciting. It's of course it's exciting. It's, yeah, I just hope it doesn't happen on a day where I have a lot of stamps work or I'm hosting a CFL podcast or I'm co-hosting a just a game podcast with you. Yeah, I mean. Actually, we've pretty much had some combination of all of those occur <laughs> since April. Yep, it's been it's been a, what is normally a not busy time of the year for for sports here in Calgary. Two years in a row. I remember yeah. uh, the night that the Matthew Kachuk trade was announced. I was like walking out of work night shift. I'm like, all right, guys, see you later. I already done like an 11 hour day, and then my email goes off, and I just like sighed and turned around and just went back to my <laughs> desk. It's like. All right, let's start calling people. <laughs> With the Kachak one? Yeah. yeah. I had just finished my second beer and was about to order my third. And it came off my phone and I was like, okay, I can still work. Like, I, <laughs> after three, I don't think I could have. But after two, I was like, okay, I can get something in. We're good. That, yeah, last year <laughs> was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. Uh, beyond that, I mean, we nearly died. And then we hung out Saturday. You refused to play Mario Party. I'm a very sore loser. I'm very competitive. I think it's in the best interest of my friendships that I don't partake in that. Yeah, I did play Mario Party, finished second out of four. Mm-hmm. I'd never played Mario Party yeah. before. You you were very patient sitting there. I was the DJ. There's yes, nothing so. like Luther Vandross on a Saturday night. Tell you. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. What? Yeah. We had a... Uh... Never too much, never too much, never too much, never yep. too much. I've realized it's a generational thing. My generation doesn't sing along the way that people your age do. Um, In what way? Just you and Julian really... Like you really participate vocally, I suppose, in, uh, in in every song, and I just sit there quietly. Um, it doesn't make me uncomfortable or anything, but it's, well, you it's know what, different. Pender and them like do those like giveaways and stuff where uh, you get to go watch a hockey game with them. Maybe Julian and I can take people to duckies. Yep, or a karaoke <laughs> joint of your choice. Yep, I believe that we are doing another Mario Kart tournament this weekend at Julian's. Um, I'm not, I'm gonna leave it to him to reveal the details publicly, but. 
my understanding is that there's a gift card available for the winner. So cool. Still not taking part. <laughs> that is, that is fair. Yeah. As we wait for uh, Charlie Trafford from Cavalry FC is going to be joining us in a couple of minutes here. Just uh, some other stuff going on in Calgary sports this week. Uh, Okotoks dogs had some uh, cancellations with some rough weather this week, but they're up in Sylvan Lake. So good luck to them on that. And also uh Shout out to Calgary's uh, WWCFL squad, the the Rage. They're taking on the seven-time champion Saskatoon Valkyries in Saskatchewan on the 24th. This is their first time going to the finals since uh, 2017, so best of luck to them. It's a great league. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Um, yeah, there's lots going on. I did not get out to Spruce Meadows this weekend, which is normally something that I try to do once a year. Um, or- I know the summer series started. Oh, right. I believe it would be the national. Mm-hmm. There's a. Yeah, say Cavs are on the road. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and beyond that, I mean, I'm just so focused. Honestly, it is all Stampeders for me mm-hmm. at this point, and especially with the live from the 55 podcast uh, comes out currently every Monday and Thursdays. Although that may switch to Monday and Fridays, got to figure that out. We are in the process, but yeah, we've had some fun guests. Had John Bender on today's episode. Um when it dropped and we've had Derek Dennis, Sean Lemon, uh Charleston Hughes and all I'm saying is if you are a certain Denver Bronco, I'm going to be contacting you and asking you to come on my show. But uh but yeah, it's been fun and I, I do think that the CFL season has started almost exactly how I would have predicted. Um Winnipeg looks amazing. So you predicted what went down in Hamilton last night or with Hamilton last night? Well, I mean, I will say, and in terms of that game, I one of the things that I always felt was that Toronto should be good, but I needed to mm-hmm. see how Chad Kelly looked, and I was very impressed with him in the in the first half um, yesterday. Yeah. yeah um, really I mean, the second half less so. He didn't blow me away in the second half, mm-hmm. but they were up. Um, really sad to see Bo go down with what looked like a groin injury. Yeah. I don't know how long that's going to keep him. But, you know, I want Bo to have a happy ending, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, he it doesn't totally appear like that's that's in the cards for him right now. But he he didn't look great in the game and then had an injury. And that's really disappointing. But beyond that, yeah. Um, you know, Winnipeg looks great. BC looks great. Here we are. I know that our guest is here. So I'm just going to stop vamping. And uh, let that you is. Let I heard the popping noise. And can you not? I can see him. I can't see anything. I'm just Charlie Trafford. We're good. I, I just checked with the producer. Just gonna just get out. <laughs> I don't pretend that we're all fully professional here, but I'm gonna put on my headphones. I don't have my headphones on, so I didn't hear anything. You're doing noise. the best we can with the yeah. tools we have. Exactly. I just openly talked to the producer and hope that the listeners um oh, no. uh, can't oh, put the headphones dang. on. This is this is going great. <laughs> Kami, can you take over, please? <laughs> Are we able to bring in Charlie? <laughs> I feel like this is a great place to start. <laughs> I don't know how to. I got him on. And Charlie, you have any advice for him? <laughs> kind of stay, stay cool under pressure. He's doing great right now, so I'm. Just like, I, I'm admiring this. Is yeah. You know, the people watching are going to know I did not do great, but the people on the podcast are going to hear Mr. Charlie Shafferty. Like, wow, Danny didn't do anything wrong there. That's great. Um, how how you are doing? you guys? I'm great. Oh, I'm okay. Not a great result on the weekend and long trip back. But other than that, um, life's good. I was going to ask you, were you watching the, the Nations League final last night? Yeah, we landed We landed back from Halifax. And so I only caught the last last bit of the game. So um, I didn't get to see all of it. But yeah, I jumped on as quick as I could and stuff. So it's obviously a disappointing one. You want to see us start to get results in those situations. But yeah, we're we're getting to the finals and stuff now. We're starting to put ourselves on that map. So now the expectations are growing, and 
you have to start dealing with those pressures, but it's, yeah, it's good to see and obviously disappointing result. And I think from what I've gathered is fans and stuff have not been super happy with the performance, but we need to go step by step and, and kind of keep going. And obviously, like you want more for Atiba Hutchinson in his final, final game. But what do you, what do you think his legacy is in Canadian soccer at this point? Yeah, you'd love to see him win a trophy yesterday and play and and whatever. But I, I think his legacy goes well beyond that. You know, he's a pillar in this in this sport in this country and for sport beyond just soccer. I think even, but yeah, he's a, he'll go down as a legend. It's a pioneer for this. Again, where the program's at now is he definitely is going to get a lot of credit for, for where it's gone. He's been through the tough times. And so it's so cool to, for him, I think to, to be leaving on a, on a big up in this, the program to be in like the right spot where, you know, you leave kind of with a proud feeling for him, I think. So yeah, he'll go down as a legend for sure. Over a hundred caps, most cap player. Um, but yeah, he's done so much for this. And so the timing is unbelievable for him. I think that where soccer's at in this country and where we're heading. So it's uh Obviously, I think he, he could play for another five or ten years, but it's um, yeah, cool for him, I think, to leave it in, in a good place. It's been a couple of years for you since uh, you got called up to the national team. Uh, 2015, the 1-1 draw against Ghana, but you've played with quite a few of the guys who were in the lineup last night. So what stuck with you about your, your time repping the Maple Leaf? Yeah, it's always a proud moment for me. Again, I wish, obviously, uh, I think I'm in my prime now, so I'm hoping, still hoping for the next call, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> no, it's, um, listen, the program's in a great place right now, and it's so cool to see, and, you know, I was, I've been through it, and so between, yeah, the players we have in there right now, a league, a top league in our own country, and and how well the national team's doing, I think soccer's in a great place right now, and it's fun to that I had a part in the national team and got to to be there and now see all the, a lot of the, like you said a lot of the players I've played with uh, succeeding right now so it's you know you get that proud feeling and it's such a cool thing to see and then to now be come back from Europe and play in the CPL and and feel that growing and um, yeah it's a, a a cool spot to be in again like anything that's growing and going in the right direction it's always fun to be part of that ride and and influence in any way you can so it's it's cool time right now. What when we talk about it being in a great place? What for you is the next step? Yeah, now you need to start kind of getting results and and achieving things at the next level. But again, we won top the Concacaf last year, and so with that comes now like great expectations, right? It comes with a lot of pressure, which is that privilege to be in that. But we'll be we'll be at back to back World Cups, and now you want to start seeing results come and and the growth. We're attracting more and more players who have the chance at other countries and where people are choosing Canada. Um, yeah, you just need to see it keep going in the right direction. You don't want this to be a, a one-off or a last year to be a one-off and just a one-time with the players we have or whatever. You, you want to see foundations being built. I think that's the, one of the bigger things is you want to see the CPL get bigger and, and more stable. You want to see uh, more and more money go into the youth in infrastructure. And I think that's bigger than, okay, it's great to see the national team get results and win. And, and that's what you need to kind of back and justify the rest of it. But we need, this is a time where, like I said, we get to go to back-to-back -back World Cups where we're hosting. It's such a great time to invest and, and grow the game. Um, there's so much hype again, and we see it here in the city. Like when I was growing up, you never saw kids running around in national team jerseys and cavalry jerseys, whatever it is. And now it's everywhere. We go to, we went to a few events during the World Cup as cavalry players, and there's thousands of kids. And so, 
it's a time to invest in that and build an unbelievable kind of infrastructure, I think. And I'd like to see that more than anything else. But yeah, you want to see results. And then over these next three years, you want to see our team be solid and, and hopefully start getting results at the World Cup. Do you see that like the younger guys coming up and I mean, and, and girls too, to be clear, but like when you were, you know, 16, 17, 18, you obviously defied the odds in a lot of ways, you know, did go over, play overseas, you know, make a career as a professional, but it like, are there, are the expectations for these guys like that the, that's going to happen, that they can do that? Yeah, hundred percent. I think there's, there's the pathway over now and, I say it a lot, like Norway had this when Odegaard got bought when he was, I think, 16 to Real Madrid. Um, all of a sudden, there was like all eyes on the Norwegian market. All the teams around the world were like, oh, we can go there and get cheap players. There's lots of talent, whatever. And you saw like a big influx of players come out of there. And I think with the likes of Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, big players like that coming, all of a sudden now the Canadian market is taken seriously and viewed as a spot where you can go get good players. Um, so I think there, yeah, it come, like, like I said, it comes with a bit of pressure and stuff, but there's definitely the pathway now, you know, when like we laugh about it all the time, when we were growing up, there was, there's nothing really at, uh, pack your bags, try to go over and, and knock on doors, ask for tryouts, whatever it might be. And now there's, again, even at the amateur level, like we, I came throughout foothills and now I come back home and train here and there's like the facility we have here. It's unbelievable we grew up playing on gym floors on wood floors for six months <laughs> of the year like it's a different game now so it's it's cool to see and i think yeah there's definitely that pathway there's eyes over here all the time now there's there's opportunity and so that's such a cool thing to see and um if we can keep developing it and have like i said that infrastructure here there's it's going to be there's going to be good things to come from it i mean i'm 99 sure i saw the green cavalry kit on the broadcast last night like some foot soldier oh, who yeah. was there. Yeah, like not, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't know if I bet money on it, but I'm 99% sure it was a Cavs jersey. But uh, when you talk about uh, where the Canadian program is going and now you really just need to see the results and that there's a good foundation there, it almost feels like it's kind of mirrored the Cavalry's journey in the CPL so far where now it's looked at as one of the model franchises, but you guys just got to get it over the hump. So what are you liking about your guys' play so far this season? Yeah, it's been, yeah, I agree with that fully. And it's funny in, in, when you're in that growth mindset, you, you have to try to look away from the results because it's about growing. It's about building this thing right um, and doing things correctly. But at the same time, you're in a results-based industry. So if you don't get the results, you, it's tough to back what you're doing. Um, but again, Calvary, like you said, is one of the model franchises. We have such an unbelievable ownership group. All the staff taught me the things they're doing here is so cool. Um, but we need to get it over the line. And this year has been frustrating because, again, we I think we've been leading in nine out of ten of our games. And then we've been giving up results. We have, what, six or seven ties. Um, so there's a bit of frustration around that. But I think in terms of the performances, they're good. And now we just need to, again, like you said, get over that hump, start getting these, these these results, a bit of confidence, and then I think we'll be flying. So I think there's a lot of confidence in the group. It's a bit frustrating at the moment, but there's, again, I think the group feels good and, and it's going in the right direction where we've bought into what we're doing and we're sticking by it. So I'm hoping, yeah, the results need to start to come, but we're, we're trusting this process right now. You guys have a big one coming up this weekend. It's the Pride Night, something that the Foot Soldiers have been super involved with since the team's inception. You're also hosting the team that's uh, second on the table right now in York. 
I mean, what challenges do they present? Like, what's it going to take to beat these guys, basically, and get the full three points? Yeah, they're a funny one to play always. We almost have a little rivalry. We have a lot of ex-players from us who've gone there and stuff. So it's always a, it's always a chippy game and a fun one. But they're, they're, they're flying right now and doing well. So, it's, again, this league is hilarious. It's like everyone on the same on the same playing field, I guess, or whatever you call it. But it's so everyone beating everybody and stuff. So we just need to kind of stick to what we're doing and, and, and play the right way. And I think we we should beat them. But... They're, yeah, they're playing well right now, and then, like you said, the pride game—it's always exciting. It's such a good—it's such a good um, thing they put on, and it's always unbelievable atmosphere at that game and stuff. So we're we're excited for it, and then yeah, hopefully go get results at home and keep building. It's also a huge game, right? Like I, I'm just looking at the standings, and like, man, you guys can—I I know you guys are in fourth, but you're one point back on them if they beat them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so close right now, and like we said, we and we've had what six seven draws and stuff and all in every one of those games we've been leading so it's can it's fine margins right now and we just need to yeah get things firing a little bit better on all cylinders and when we go but yeah it's a massive game every game's massive in this league you feel like every game's a six point game playing you know and so it's it's a good one it'll be fun again the crowds are getting better and better at spruce it's such a good atmosphere there it's such a fun venue so it's it'll be good Especially since you guys have like one of the best home records in the league, I think. Yeah, and we take big pride in that. We have it's such an unbelievable venue. Like we said, everyone who comes out to it just loves it. It's so fun being back home in my own city, and everywhere I go and bump into people, and they're like, "Oh, we came to our first game, or we did this," and it's everyone's blown away by by what they're putting on. So it's it's fun, and yeah, teams don't like to travel here and on our grass field. It's big field, the altitude. People don't like coming here, so I think. We need to, yeah, that's our fortress. We need to keep being dominant there and it keeps us going in this league. So, If I can complain about one thing with the game day experience there, you know, they have that big target that kids can, uh, it's like a Velcro one the kids can get. We need one for the adults. Okay. We can't go in there and try to dust the kids. It's like, man, that looks uh, like a lot of fun. I really want to do it. I thought she was going to complain about beer prices, but yeah, if she wants to play games, oh, also I'll, that. I'll, put, I'll put in a, I'll put in a, I'll put in a word to get you a, some targets put up there for the adults hell yeah <laughs> but you mentioned being a calgary guy but i mean there's a lot of a international flavor in that accent charlie so <laughs> i mean i yeah. know when mason retired like he had stories about like going over to china negotiating contracts in like some crazy hallway living in a wall-to-wall pink apartment uh tell me about like your journey over in eastern europe and how that kind of uh influenced you are as a person now yes i get made fun of a lot here everyone i come home and they're where are you from i'm like i'm from calgary they're like you're not from calgary i'm like (laughs) despite this silly accent that no one knows where it's from i am from calgary um but yeah, I've had some adventure. I've lived in five or six different countries and you play with players from all over the world, players who don't speak a word of English. Um, so you develop ways to communicate and my accents change, my vocabularies change. We get made fun of so much on the team because when as soon as I start talking to Jose Escalante, even though he speaks pretty much perfect English, for whatever reason, I start speaking like I'm from Honduras as well in this br- broken English with him. And oh, we just sit at the table talking like this. We sound, it's, yeah, anyway, we get made fun of. But um, yeah, it's again, I've gone and lived in so many different cultures. You see people from all over the world. It's had definitely a huge influence on, you know, the respect and communication and different stuff like that, where you, 
um, yeah, it's just the coolest thing in the world going and living in these different countries and adapting to different cultures, eating all these different foods and, and mingling with people from all over the world. So it's definitely had a huge impact on me and it opens your eyes to, to, to the world and stuff. And so it's so funny coming home and yeah, it's just, your eyes are open and it's, so it's really cool. So I've had some unbelievable adventures and like you said, between me and Mason, we have some pretty good stories. Did you always sort of know, like once cavalry got started, like, okay, I want to play at home at some point. Yeah, for sure. Again, with, especially that Mason came here right away in the first year. And I, again, I started the conversation between him and Tommy and I've known Tommy since I was 11 or 12, I think we won the national title together. So from year one, he's been messaging me and, you know, you have to come home, you have to come home. And so we are waiting for the, the right time. And it finally, I knew this was probably going to be Mason's last year. And we always, we've wanted to play together for a long time. So it was that and a few other factors with the family and life and everything. It kind of, it was the right time to, to come home. So it's definitely, it's, yeah, it was definitely in the plans and everything. And I needed to, it to be the right timing on my side, but it, it finally, it felt right. So it was, yeah. And I'm having a blast. I thought the, the novelty would wear off being home, but it, it hasn't yet. So still going. Is Halifax the second hardest place to play? Yeah, we everyone loves going there though. It's such a <laughs> it's such a fun place. It's such a cool city. And again, we love playing on the grass and they have great fans. So it's it feels like a real a football game. So it's fun. Every every team has its challenges. Again, no, I don't think many love playing on out in Winnipeg just because of the field. The, the turf's not amazing. So it's that definitely comes with the challenges, the travels. So but yeah, in terms of the atmosphere and the hostility, it's definitely a fun one out in Halifax. How happy are you that you missed the bubble season on uh, Prince Edward Island? <laughs> yeah, very, very happy. That would have pushed me into retirement. Probably I would have been, you know, I don't know. Yeah, just I've, I heard a lot of stories about it. So um, again, you have to give credit to the league and that's how resilient and innovative and everything we are. But it's yeah, not a fun one for sure. And uh, I mean, you mentioned living, working, playing in uh, five different countries, but your last stop before Calgary was a pretty big one, even though it was a short time. How did you end up at Wrexham? Um, yeah, what a, it's such a cool story there, right? Obviously with Ryan and Rob McElhaney going there, it's they're doing unbelievable things. It's another one of those, like I said, it's so fun to be on the ride for things that are going in the right direction. And they've done such a cool job, not just in the soccer world, but the the things they've done in the in Wrexham in the city in the town and um it's so cool the light they've brought so much life there it's unbelievable they're doing such a good job i think people doubted their intentions even maybe when they got into it but they've done it right and i think it's going to influence a lot more people to try to replicate that kind of model but um yeah it just happened an agent speaking with them and the canadian factor probably helped out a little bit um and got the move sorted. It was again, short stint. I had it in my mind to come home in February and end of January. So I only signed a short-term deal there, which probably didn't help my time there, but it was such a cool experience. My first week there was the first time that Rob and Ryan had come over to the, to Wrexham since they had bought the club. So it was, it was insane, like getting to meet them and what was happening and, and all like the hysteria in the town. It was pretty funny. And, to see the dynamic of this like global superstar mingling with athletes was is pretty funny. The 
the coming together of theater and jocks, I guess. I don't know how to explain <laughs> it, but it was a pretty, it's a funny dynamic, but um, yeah, it's again, such down to earth people. They just want to see that it succeed there. So yeah, they're doing really cool things and, and they're doing it right. So it's, it's a fun project to be a part of. And that excitement that we see like on the show, all of that, like you're saying, that's, that's all real, eh? That's really cool. Oh, yeah. It's so genuine. It's like I said, I think a lot of people doubted their intentions and stuff and how they would be, but like they came over and now they go over for like all the games there and they're like obsessed with it. And you can just see like, yeah, how, how into it they are. It's gen it's like so genuine, which is really cool to see. I don't think there's a lot of owners around the world that are that like in front of the camera, obviously, and involved, but yeah, they do so much for the town, for the players. The players are all, one of the players is writing a book. One of the guys has a clothing line now and it's just all getting promoted through this. And I'm like, and they just keep doing it. But yeah, everything they're doing, the stadium there, they're expanding the stadium there. The live, the life in the city has gone up, the bars, the everything. So it's, it's a cool thing to see really. That's, that's so genuine. It's, it's really impressive. What was it like meeting those guys with like a thousand cameras around you? It was really cool. We met them. So the first two days they were there, the first day, obviously there was thousands of cameras and it almost didn't, it, it felt a bit weird because it was in front of the camera and you weren't really sure again, how genuine it was, if this was like a publicity stunt or whatever. And they made the next day they came in and with no cameras and they came to like the training session and spent time going around talking to all the players individually and meeting them and watching the training and making it clear that they're like, yeah, we're in this for the long haul and, whatever and it at, like it gave you like goosebumps almost it was it was really yeah it's unbelievable and and like i said he they're like global superstars especially ryan and to see them i don't know if nervous is the right word but in a new environment that is not was like yeah so it was pretty it was so cool to see and like i said it's just i don't know another word to say it but it was so genuine and they're just good people and they're having fun and and it, and the i think the club's gonna just keep going like that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they get promoted again this year, straight back to back. So it's, it's cool. Would you go for the proposal or it's always sunny in Philadelphia though? I have to stick by my Canadian Ryan Reynolds, you know, I can <laughs> as good as always sunny is I, you gotta stick with the Canadian. Are you, you're a big Wrexham fan or what? Me? Yeah. I've watched the show. Um, okay. So my whole thing is like everyone, like I'm, I'm a pretty diehard Arsenal supporter. Um, and I know it's very contentious <laughs> with Meyer and Joe last it week. Hasn't, it hasn't <laughs> been easy. Um, but yeah, so everyone told me to watch Ted Lasso and I, I don't know why, but I just never did. Like I refused to watch it. Um, and in part, cause it was all the people who don't actually watch soccer like consistently who tell it who tell me to watch it um and i was just i'm a, I'm, a, I'm an ass like that a little bit but um yeah and then Wrexham came out and honestly i had a relationship that was falling apart and i watched it and it made me very happy so i was like this is this is great and uh support it i mean i'm still not like i'm not necessarily following them week to week but my other thing is to be honest like i don't know and that i there's a ryan reynolds movie that i love if i'm being perfectly honest like i don't know that i'm ever rushing out but he just like unequivocally seems like a good guy like i just like i'm rooting for him even if i don't like him as an actor um he just genuinely seems to be like trying to make the world a better place so like that's watching the show that i mean i think that comes yeah. across and it is it's why it's i don't know i think everybody should watch that show because it, it actually was inspiring so all right well yeah, you just but... described uh someone who's very ted lasso-esque so 
Get over yourself and watch it. Oh my god, I don't want to watch that show. <laughs> it's it's done surprisingly well. It's a good show. I good I get show. that it's a good show. I, I understand <laughs> that, but you don't have to watch all the good shows. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah yeah. Is Tommy like more of a Coach Beard or a Ted? <laughs> I don't know if I, if whatever answer I say is going to insult him. So I'm <laughs> nervous, but um. I would maybe maybe closer to Ted. He's very again. He knows how to motivate his players. He knows how to get build a team. He knows how to get people together. And it's uh, again, he keeps building a strong team every year from year one in the league. So you have to give him credit for that. Is it's maybe not quite as positive as Lasso is all the time, but he's but uh, he he gets his message across and he yeah he puts us together well and builds a group. So it's pretty yeah. I've known him for so long, so he's. Yeah, it's he's great. So okay, wait. I hope that doesn't insult him, but I think he did a very good job of keeping that political and not uh not saying anything controversial. He did good. So wait, if you're gonna chart me for being an Arsenal supporter, who who's your like who do you follow? Man you man you old yeah, Trafford. So, sucks for you too. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we have sticking by them in this tough time. So we're we're in it together. Thought I thought you guys I, were coming out of your tough times, but Honestly, second is so much better than the like previous five years. So, being an Arsenal supporter, it almost hurts more though. Being that it, close, yeah, it was this. But. This spring was tough, but at the same time, I, I like the Declan Rice signing. I'm I'm very happy with the direction we're heading. And honestly, like it's, I basically like started supporting them in 2003. So like I missed all the good years. It's only been pain for me for 20 years. It's been terrible. It's been. Why did you pick them? I went over to my friend Sean's place, who was a hardcore United fan, and it was a it was a FA Cup final, and it was terrible, and everyone there was a United fan, and me being like eighteen was like, all right, well, screw my friends, I'm picking the team yeah. that they're playing against, and then I moved to London right afterwards, and I was in North London, so I like walked in a fake little Arsenal supporter, and then became one. So typical of a guy just doesn't want to support Ted Lasso once yeah. team <laughs> that no one supports. I'm I'm a contrarian. It's so quite a I, good uh, summary of his character, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's how I roll. But knowing Tommy know. so long, has he always had a, a way with words like that? He really likes to paint us a picture when we interview him. Was he like that when you were a kid? Yep, the exact same. It's hilarious. Like he's had this vision since since I was ten years old. You know, we joked about it all the time about oh, I'm gonna go play pro and he's gonna build an MLS team. That's what we always laughed about and. He, I don't want to say he's built something better, but it's so cool to be pioneer of, again, a, a league in this country and, and and doing that. And yeah, he's a visionary. I don't know other way to call it, but he he has a very clear picture and he's very good at translating that message. And you need people like that here because, again, in a country of non-necessarily football, soccer people, yeah, it's, it's tough to sell that dream. And he's gone in and done it and it's been pretty cool. So yeah, he's always had that way with words and... Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, the Cavs have kind of suffered from the same problem as the Stamps, where you kind of succeed in your mission a little too much in that, you know, you develop some really great local talent, but they get scooped up. They go to Europe. You have your uh, Victor Latouris, your Arab and Peppels, and uh, you always have to try to replace that and keep developing that talent. What are you seeing from the kids that have been brought in, like uh, Eric and Godi? Yeah, that's the, again, that's what this league is for, at, at least right now, you know, so 
as much as it sucks in losing those players and they last especially last year they were both on fire for us and key players to then lose them midway through the year is adds challenges but you have to look at the bigger picture and how good it is for the league and the country and, and doing that and again so cool to see vic now doing stuff in the national team going to the gold cup um and whatever but yeah we have the next wave coming through so we need we need them to to start doing their outputs and and hopefully they're the next ones to potentially get sold and go and it's been yeah both they're getting big minutes right now and and coming through so it's it's good for them and good for the league with respect you're a man with a great head of hair so just out of curiosity is it like a requirement of cavalry because i mean like uh, i've never seen tommy with a hair with his hair out of place <laughs> it's got to be the best looking team in the league like carducci <laughs> the carducci hair tommy like we got to be up there that's one of the definitely one of the things tommy looks for first yeah. so makes uh, me feel great as a guy appreciate that wear, yeah i'm definitely wearing a hat because i don't have that head of hair so yeah I think uh, Joe Mason is uh, aiming to be back hopefully this weekend, if not uh, very soon after that. Uh, what does he uh, bring to the lineup? Because I know he's a presence that uh, he's missed when he's not there. Yeah, for sure. Again, if you look at his CV, he's one of the, the maybe the best in the league and, and that where he's come from. So it's uh, definitely a big miss for us when he's not in, not in there. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully he's back fit this weekend and, and kind of can stay fit throughout the rest of the year because definitely a – a big piece for us um again he's a bit quiet but he brings brings like that quiet leadership he brings experience he knows how to do this and if he gets chances he'll score goals so definitely a big miss for us but again we have a lot of good bevin and other players stepping up to score but yeah it'd be great to have joe back cool that's amazing, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us, dude. This was awesome. Really appreciate it. For doing it on short notice, too. Like, this has been great. Thanks so much for coming in here. Today. I know. Moving yeah. other meetings around for you guys is what we have to do. So. <laughs> I know your next yeah. one's at, uh, what, 2.30? So 230, give you some so time got... to breathe between. <laughs> thank Perfect. you so much, man. Really, congrats really appreciate on your, it. Congrats on your award, Cammy. That's oh, my cool. <laughs> thank you yeah, so much. That's great. And thanks a lot for having me on the show. Yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll do it again soon. And then you'll see us lift the trophy this year. Yeah, we'll awesome. see you this weekend. Before Appreciate Arsenal. You. Before Arsenal. Oh, here shit. we go. Here we go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yep. I'm not I'm not taking that man again. Um, <laughs> what is this chirping your guests as soon as they can't defend themselves? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that he was absolutely awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um he was it is the thing for those of you who don't follow the Premier League closely, um, Arsenal is a very easy team to trash talk um like exceptionally easy and we throw we like there's no team that throws temper tantrums and just like fully feels the exasperation quite like arsenal so you know i grew um, up a canucks fan right uh, <laughs> we're gonna yeah. talk about tantrums <laughs> it doesn't compare it honestly doesn't compare um yeah true all right all right but i mean it. vancouver they, they do do riots right um <laughs> maybe one day on air we'll get you to tell the story about how you tried to join the riot from afar we will never tell that story and it's not really what happened um please let's move on <laughs> all right all right pick the next topic if you if you're gonna bow out of that one no i'm not telling that story Amy. i'm very flustered um but yeah no that was awesome and i guess i should probably i don't have my ad read ready um but guests are brought to you by ski seller snowboard um yeah they opened their doors in calgary back in 1946 that means they have been here for 76 years which is pretty amazing um almost this... as old as the stampeders yeah um yeah i mean 76 years that's a very long time 
for anything to be open, let alone a ski and snowboard store. So uh, for the summer, please visit them at their McLeod Trail location by Chinook Center. Of course, they're experts when it comes to skis and snowboards, but they are so much more. So ask them about snow skating, check out their clothing, and their warm weather gear too. So thank you to Ski Seller Snowboard. You guys rule. And hopefully, like, if you haven't been out to a CEBL game, a CPL game yet, like, absolutely, like, give it a watch. Cavs are at Atco Field on Saturday. It's a 3 o'clock kickoff against York United, but you got to go early because the walk-up. Like, it's such a beautiful facility. And just to walk around, just to walk around the grounds before the game and as charlie said get that expensive beer <laughs> and yeah. just take it all in like that's great and uh cebl on the road uh surge on the road for three games but you can still watch them on cebl plus and uh tsm plus so everything out there it's pretty spot like again mm-hmm. i i was lucky enough for what four years to cover sort of the summer series and then the masters and i had absolutely no interest in show jumping and i ended up honestly like i make a point of going every year i try to bring friends who have never been whether that's for cavalry or for the show jumping it's just a spectacular facility that's sort of unbelievable that we have here in calgary like it mm-hmm. feels like you're in like old-timey england um i will say one year they gave us all like i think it was 50 dollars a day to go buy food um and me wow. <laughs> and uh, i'm actually not going to name who but needless to say you lived with them um we everyone would no one would spend it so we would all and you were allowed to spend on alcohol so we just went to the bar and uh after the first day they were like yeah you're not allowed to buy alcohol oh, rats. anymore um, rats i had a great time out there so yeah love spruce meadows and i don't know how much the beers are but beer is expensive at sporting events that is the reality so it's not unique to cavalry by any means but yeah had a blast and man mason's awesome yeah what's the oh yeah both traffords are awesome yeah was that not that was Charlie. Charlie, that's what yeah. I meant. Oh, man, I'm all turned around, guys. It no. always gets to about 2:30 in these podcasts, and like, and then you start overheating. That's my just limit. All too much. I know. I know. I don't. Anyways, what is the most you've ever paid for a beer at a sporting event? Because I know you've gone to a lot. I've gone to like a lot across I, North America, but I don't typically drink at them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been lucky enough to obviously be paid to drive around. Like, I wouldn't pay. There have been a couple events in New York where because you're paying American dollars, mm-hmm. those beers sort of come in at, at sort of 25. Um, and well, it says they're like 16, 17 bucks and depending on the, um, but yeah, so it's generally, I mean, you pay it for everything in New York, um, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't have an exact number. It's just, again, like if I look back, I have, you know, I've seen Conor McGregor fight at Madison Square Garden. I've been very fortunate in my career to cover some amazing events, but. I have to be sober for all of them. It's not like I'm buying anything. But yeah. Fair enough. But I've had, yeah. I think the least I've paid was in Prague for the uh, World Championship hockey, obviously. Uh, this would have been in 2015. And uh, at the rink, it was, uh, I think it was two euro for a beer and That's three wild. for a bottle of water. <laughs> That's insane. And like the <laughs> tickets were also like a row two, lower bowl, like right up on the glass. It was about 60 bucks Canadian. It was nuts. Like, I feel like if you go for a vacation in Europe on like a shoulder season and there's events like that going on, it's like, that is the time to go see Team Canada. Yeah. And like all, I mean, our, our friend Aaron Vickers covers for the NHL, the World Championships, which is such a, a sweet gig. Um, 
And it's one of those things where like, I don't know that I'm ever going to you know, pay to go specifically to a world championships in Europe. I'm, I just have other interests, but I would like to see it. Just, you know, the, the time, the, what Aaron describes and, you know, just, he doesn't just do the whole game stuff. He shows the crowds and shows all that. I find that the different sports cultures are amazing. And to be honest, that was something that I found the difference between the surge and cavalry to mm -hmm. actually be quite different. Cause there's nothing that I hate more than soccer culture taking over basketball like i don't like songs at basketball games i don't think that it fits the vibe um and it was surge like felt like a real basketball crowd it was sick no it was great it's loud in there feels up i think like what that venue sits like just over 2700 it, it sounds like more people than that yeah it's fantastic yeah. they got and they got we're talking about the surge, right? Sorry, I just got a text yeah, from someone yelling at me about what I said about the riders. So I don't even know what I said about the what riders. What did you say about the riders? I don't know. I don't think I said anything about the riders today. Um, I'm going to read that it they later. they play here yes. this weekend? I... <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on because that's bizarre. Um, I can't even read that right now. And I think we've, we're, you know, we can wrap here relatively soon. Yeah. I think we should sort of finish for 10 minutes. Um, anything else coming up that you're looking forward to? Oh, gosh. I feel like I've talked about it all already. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do tend to keep my, uh, I tend to like kind of narrow my vision for like sports I watch in my downtime. Like I'll say it. I, I know more about university basketball here than I do about the NBA most of the time. So mm -hmm. generally like if it's happening around here, I kind of like have a pulse on it. I'm excited to see what the WWCFL team can do in their final, but yeah, it's a good one. We've got Chris Hansen asking us if we're going to talk about the Flames. I feel like we already did. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, in the chat, I, I I don't really have that much more to say about the Flames. I mean, I think that we've seen their management in place, and until we have an idea, and I, I've said this several times on, on different podcasts here with the Nation Network, um, I honestly don't. I think that there's one ball that has to drop, and that is what is happening with um, Elias Lindholm, and I don't think that it's to be honest worth speculating on anything that happens until we sort of know what's happening with him um because if they do have to make that decision to move him and acquire assets I, I i am a believer that they will go young and that they will try to get young assets and if they do that then that changes what you're looking to do with guys like chris tanov with guys like noah hannafin um and across tyler to all of that so i i do think that until we find out what's going on with Lindholm, I don't have uh, – do I think Lucic should be resigned? Absolutely not. Um, I 100% do not think Mullen Lucic should be resigned, and I think that Craig Conroy – keep asking me questions. I can just talk. I don't um, even have the chat. Do I you don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. no. <laughs> I mean, Chris Hansen, I appreciate the question. It's helping us out. Um, but, no, I, I think Mullen Lucic is time here in Calgary is done. I think that we've heard Craig Conroy make the point that he wants to – keep spots available for young players. And I think that Lucha's spot would be he wants, an you, he wants speed. Luch has said that he thinks he still has gas in the tank to do something. You know, he had a good showing at Worlds. He got some points on the board. And sure, maybe there's another team that will take him on to uh, get some cap space and maybe be like a role player and be a leader for some younger guys. Yeah. And I also don't think Belen Lucic, when we asked him at the end of the season, do you want to will you consider re-signing in Calgary? He showed absolutely no indication. Um, and now I don't know what Milan Lucic wants. If I was to get one or two years left, there's nothing I would love more than at sunny beach. Um, and I am, I have no idea what his interests are, but I, I would put it pretty near hundred percent that nah, I shouldn't say that because people can clip this and come back. I will say that I'm relatively confident he will not be re-signed and it does not seem to line up with 
the direction the organization is going. Who do you think should be moved? Is there anyone in particular who jumps out? That's a bit of a tough one again. Again, like, yeah, it's like depending on what they're trying to do. I do. Depends if Oliver Shillington is coming back because I think there are pieces on defense that could be moved and fetch you some really good stuff in return. But again, it's like, I don't know if they still think their window is there or whether it's time to just say, all right, like we're going to have to have to yeah. tear it down a bit and hope that Huberto and Kadri can still do something in well, three, four or five years. It's one of those tough ones where if you do tear it down, you're actually hoping that, that Huberto and Kadri are terrible for a year or two so that you get better <laughs> draft position. But no, I, again, I, if Lundholm wants to resign, I think that, there's a, there's a tough path for this team, but you know if you get a couple bounce back years from a couple players, I still think Rasmus Anderson's getting better. Then mm-hmm. I wouldn't move. Um, I, I don't know that I'd move many pieces of the core. If Lindholm is not going to resign, then I personally am flipping him for for young assets, as I just said. Um, I think that there is there are already a couple pieces, but I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think that you have those high end sort of one A players who you would necessarily expect to you mm-hmm. know develop into. Canadian Olympic team style players necessarily. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm I have advocated. I don't know that a rebuild is likely, um, but certainly get younger aggressively for a year or two and try when you move into that new arena in three, four years. It's um, just difficult to think about what you would do with the decor is also just a big question for me because even if you decide that you're going to move on from one of these players and if you're not getting a D-man in return, I don't think that's where Calgary's system and their farm team is strongest right now. Nope. No, that's true. Um, but I also think, realistically, are you re-signing Chris Tanev with his injury um, history? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we're being asked about the goaltending. This is all from Chris Hansen. This is huge because, um, to be honest, like our basically what happened was our, our first guest got here a little bit earlier than we expected. So we were about 15 minutes ahead of schedule for the entire show. And I'm just going to be honest about that. I don't know if this is what we're supposed to do here in the Nation Network, but it completely threw our timing off. So it's really, really helpful if you if you want to ask questions. Um, but as far as the goaltending situation, I think Jacob Markstrom is your starter, mm-hmm. and I imagine Dan Vladar gets dealt in the next little while so that they make room for Dustin Wolf. Just same because I actually really like Dan Vladar, but it's uh, obviously Dustin Wolf needs to take the next step. He we know he's capable of really great things. We're hoping he'll be a UC Saros type goaltender. But I mean, I see people, so many people like just shitting on Jacob Markstrom. It's like honestly. You take his uh, Vezina nominee caliber season and you take last season and the reality of who Jacob Markstrom is, is probably somewhere in between there. Skewing obviously closer to the Vezina caliber side. I do think this season was an anomaly. I do think there are a lot of players who will have bounce back years and that just is what it is. I'll also take that one step further. The very first thing that Ryan Huska isolated is what he wants to change as the head coach. Is he, or I guess it was Connor who brought it up and basically said that, um, Huska came in, did a PowerPoint presentation, showed all of these videos of where they were having breakdowns and putting shooters in way too good positions. And Cronor said, this guy's got a tweak here. It's going to create less odd man rushes, create less really high danger opportunities for opponents. And that's going to make it easier on our goalies. So look, I think that we can be honest that there were goals against that. Oh, there were Markstrom's. There were 100%. And that had Markstrom been a little bit better. I'm, I'm going to respond to Kane Trader Inc. in a second because um, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, it's hard not to look at the save percentage and be like, man, that was a little bit better. A team that won, lost a bunch of one-goal games, they would have been in the playoffs. But that also ignores a lot of other sort of context. Yeah, because, like, I, I mean, we look at, like, the the number of shots they were taking. It's like it takes me back to 
the team that was coached by Bill Peters, where they were allowing a ton of shots, but they were all from the perimeter and they were not dangerous shots. So they weren't allowing a ton of goals against. So now Calgary is just, instead of being the team that's defending that way, they are now the team that was shooting that way. 100%. Um, we have Cantrader Rank saying should have kept you so. Um, whether they should have kept or not, they should have gotten something in return. Um, you know, I, I think that we all know that that situation has sort of become untenable, it seemed like, between him and, and, and the coaching staff. But um, how they let a first-round pick um, or, and a guy who is playing and had played NHL minutes, how they let him walk for absolutely nothing. It is just some of like the his confidence was just shot, too. And, like, I like Yusuf Alamaki a lot. I saw, like, Get a and talk to people back. about how hard he was working to come back and work on his skating and do the little things. Like, deserves every opportunity it's he can get. But it is a shame that, like, Oh, I want to be clear that I am very yeah. happy to see him getting those opportunities. Yeah. I just think that in terms of asset management, um, that's absolutely inexcusable. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris Hansen says, I've gone through the Flames Wranglers rosters, and I think players should be brought up and given a shot. I mean, I think that you sort of have to, again, there is so much uncertainty, and you know they may be dealing NHLers and bringing guys up. Um, look, Jacob Peltier is going to be playing next year from the start, mm -hmm. I have to assume, unless he comes in looking terrible at camp, which he won't. Walker Dewar, um, you know, I've heard uh, Clark Bishop, who signed last week. I've mm -hmm. heard a lot of a lot of things about them really believing that he can come in and play at a play third, fourth line um, minutes. He is that type of player, which mm -hmm. is different from is he their highest, you know, does high he talk ceiling. about no, that, like there's a role that? that can still be played and you need different players to do different things. It's like how we talked about Matthew Phillips wouldn't succeed in that third, fourth line type role. He would need to be with skilled players and be in that top level. Maybe Clark Bishop is a player who would not succeed in that position and needs to be in that third, fourth line type of role. Exactly. And now I think next year is a really, really big year for Connor Zary. Mm -hmm. um, I think we, like, look, that guy scored the goal of the, I mean, I'll be honest, I stopped watching the AHL playoffs after the Wranglers got eliminated. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't actually know if it's the goal of the playoffs, but he scored an absolutely incredible end-to-end -end goal. Mm -hmm. um, like, we've seen that, those, that he has that talent. It's just a matter of, I think, putting some other things together. I, I would strongly suggest that he won't be on the roster on day one next year um but he's the other guy who obviously a lot of arts are watching and then look i i am of the belief that matthew coronado should you know be be given a long leash and be in the nhl um next year i i really want to see him there and i think he's going to be the other really interesting piece um now i know a lot of people who say oh give him a little time in the ahl and that the jump just in terms of playing time from playing college hockey to the nhl requires some some managing some but i mean you can also argue that all right he can play some nhl games but he can sit sometimes too because when he came in at the end of the regular season he didn't look out of place or like severely no. out of his depth at all i thought he got in some really good positions mm -hmm. like he clearly has that a vision on the ice and knows where to go at the right times and that's not something that i think necessarily you can teach that's or maybe you can teach it but teach it over many many years the worst thing that you could do is call him up and stick him in the press box for extended periods of time but yeah you know there's something to be said for getting them their minutes but resting them when they need to in the big show couldn't agree more mm -hmm. um my big issue is having at least one of the first few shots go in our net i mean you yeah. and me both man or, or chris like I, I think we all agree that was a real problem i don't know what you do about yeah. it i just like i think that you have faith in your goalie and there's probably a little bit of bad luck there but you know, I don't. I, Bad luck I will in the it. mental aspect of the game, too. Yeah, that's true. And like, I don't I, think he'd ever say it. I don't think he loves talking to us. 
Oh, it was fine. great at the end of the season. Yeah. His end of season press conference was awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely agree that that is an issue and absolutely am the wrong guy to provide any sort of solution. Um, I like this. This is Q&A. We don't really have enough questions anymore. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, I think uh, it's all right with you. I think it's probably time to uh, time to call it and say thank you for watching. Uh, this was just a game. Uh, big thanks to Samishi too, Rugsy Miller Moore, Charlie Trafford for joining us. Thank you for lending us your ears today. Yeah, we were live in the Udo Noodle studio. Local love, delicious. And since opening their first store back in 2005, Udo Noodle has been all flavor and just the right amount of weird. They got two locations 1244 17th Avenue Southwest in and in Airdrie at 105 Main Street North. Not my best ad read. Try the um, lemongrass chicken, it's really good. Thank you. Guys, we appreciate you. Nick Ritchie resigned. I have no idea. Right? What? That's the last question. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. I have no idea.